This is Economic Impact. Conversations from Emirates Development Bank. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Economic Impact. These are conversations with Emirates Development Bank. I'm happy to welcome today Rami Jalad, the Chief Executive Officer of Rakiz, the Ras Al Khaima Free Zone. So, Mr. Rami, can we start by maybe talking a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background? How did you end up heading Rakiz? Wow. Um, first, I'd like to thank you for inviting me and hosting me here at your beautiful offices in Dubai. Um, it's a it's an honor to be working with you and your bank as well. I, I know we have a working relationship, not only this uh, uh, interview, but um, talking about yourself is a little bit hard. So let me see in in, in a nutshell. Uh, most of my career, I've been working in economic development. So um, I'll go as far back as working with. Um, uh, I had the privilege of working, obviously, with what's called Dubai Holding today in TCOM, in sort of uh, the media city, internet city. Uh, I went also and I worked with uh, establishing the free zones and economic zones in Abu Dhabi Airport Company oh. in Abu Dhabi as well. Mm-hmm. And um, then uh, now I'm uh, basically in the Emirate, beautiful Emirate of Ras Al Khaimah and working on economic development there. Mm-hmm. So um, I can say that it's been an honor and a privilege working in the economic development of the UAE. So you've been you've been basically almost in the entire Emirates from Abu Dhabi to Dubai and then now in Ras Al Khaimah. That's right. That's, that's right. That's um, setting up, operating, and managing free zones, economic zones is my mm-hmm. is my expertise. I am a mechanical engineer I, uh, by by heart. So uh, mm-hmm. um, building and and doing things is really a passion of mine. Great. Uh, another um, engineer by by trade is the head of DIC, Mr. Saud Bishwarab. So it seems that that's uh, definitely a key component of what's required. Um, to build and set up a successful free zone. Uh, Rakiz as a free zone, um, I've seen a lot of traction with Rakiz over the last two years especially. Um, could you talk a little bit about Rakiz? Just explain to us uh, what is Rakiz, uh, what are the objectives, and how has that been going over the last couple of years? Well, thank God. I mean, this is a reflection of the UAE's economy. So Rakiz is be, really be an integral part of, of the UAE and the overall uh, strategy of our leadership uh, in terms of developing economic hubs and encouraging more and more trade and encouraging more and more manufacturing, uh, supporting SMEs um, in terms of uh, 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 contributing to the economy and um, growing the uh, overall GDP of, of the country and, of course, uh, the Emirate of Ras Al Khaimah. Rakiz was set up precisely for that. Uh, Rakiz is the uh, uh, super powerhouse, I would say, of mm-hmm. uh, Ras Al Khaimah in terms of free zones, economic zones. Um, we contribute to m- more than 30% of the GDP of the Emirate of Ras Al Khaimah in terms of manufacturing, in terms of su- supporting SMEs, uh, in terms of setting up um, setting up uh, ecosystems and uh, the industrial zones, the business parks, the economic parks that actually where a lot of investors from the UAE and from all over the world come to set up and operate in Ras Al Khaimah as well as uh, uh, do their trade and, and conduct their business globally. And how old is Rakis? When was it originally set up? I'm sure it must have been some so many years ago, but I think recently there's been more activity around. But but how long ago was it originally set well, up? Well, so it was all started out. We used to have two uh, economic zones in uh, Ras Al Khaimah. One was called Rakia, the Ras Al Khaimah uh, 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 Investment Authority, and then there was one called Rak FTZ, which was the Free Trade Zone Authority. Okay. And uh, 
you know, we wanted to really focus on on uh, no cannibalization. Basically, we wanted to focus, give an extreme laser focus to customer sentiment. So we combined the two in April 2017, mm-hmm. um, and it became Rackers, uh, which is uh, today uh, uh, the both the economic zone, which means the free zone and non-free zone aspects of the business. Right. So we manage and we create the ecosystem and the services that we give to our clients um, in free zones and non-free zones as well. Okay. And some of those services I know are quite innovative. Do you want to touch on um, how is it that Rakus goes about um, really attracting businesses in an innovative way? What is the the, the, the different things that you do in Rakus to differentiate Rakus from other industrial zones or free zones? Well, I think, you know, when you go back to business, uh, we try to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. But simple is not necessarily an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most important things that I find in terms of creating a service culture and, you know, creating an economic zone is to listen to the needs and the requirements of who your customers are. What do they want? How, what tools and services do they need to grow? Um, What are their expectations? Uh, What's their business like? Because you've got to really know how it clicks. You've got to know all the way from what a media company is to a manufacturing company, to a high-tech company, to an IT company. Because while a lot of them require the same things when they run their business, they do need specialized services, which we call value-added services. Mm -hmm. So going back to that, we listen to our customers. We listen to the sentiments. We constantly engage with the industry itself so that we can create the right ecosystem, the right level of services. And that's what really um, allows us to attract more investors and more companies to come and set up in Rakis. Uh, that's one of the areas. Another thing is that the fact that Ras Al Khaimah is always one of its uh, 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 objectives is to be the right um, destination which has a lot of cost optimization. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very cost effective. We try to keep the overall costs for the investor, for our clients, as optimized as possible. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean only our service fees. It means the entire livability. It means living in Ras Al Khaimah. It means dealing with other government entities. It means transportation, um, um, all the way from residential component to livability and then business operations. Right. And then lastly, a, a very strong pillar of ours is really we pride ourselves on customer service, customer centricity, the experience that our customers have. Every year you see a new kind of trend. Uh, every year you see uh, uh, different kinds of customers and what they require in terms of service. So we need to keep our um, uh, fingers on the pulse in terms of what is the service levels and what are our customers expecting. And that's what we really strive to do to really make sure that our customers focus on plug and play and really thrive. And you touch on livability. Um, and uh, I think that that's one of the most underrated aspects of the UAE in the sense of businesses that come set up here. I don't think um, we always touch on you know ease of doing business. We always touch on the uh, business-friendly environment that we have in the UAE. 
the fantastic infrastructure that's here in the UAE, but I think livability is definitely a key component as to why so many businesses want to set up in the UAE. And everybody always knows, you know, Abu Dhabi and Dubai and how fantastic it is to live there. But the rest of the Emirates, including Sharjah, Ajman, Ras al-Khaimah, uh, Fujairah are fantastic places to live as well, Amr al-Quwain as well. Um, and I think Ras al-Khaimah has made huge strides from what I've seen over the last few years um, and really making different developments, um, really setting up the environment for um, businesses to come set up, but keeping in mind that these business owners are going to have families, the people working in these businesses are going to also be living there. Uh, so that's definitely an interesting and I think very um, important um, aspect to shed when it comes to economic development. The UAE is a magnet mm. and um, the investment in livability has been happening over the years. Yeah. Uh, Ras al-Khaim has been investing heavily in terms of uh, uplifting the livability to keep in line with all the investment that's coming in. Um, we are always known as a touristic destination for uh, resorts, uh, beach resorts. Um, people love to live there. We have uh, uh, the uh, uh, outdoor sports. Uh, we've got the mountains. We've got the zip line. We've got adventure sports. But livability is, as you've said, um, not a lot of people think about, you know, um, that when they're deciding where they want to go. Uh, I think COVID taught us a lot of stuff. And uh, mm. the world saw that the UAE was a, a, a handled COVID in a beautiful, the best in class way. Um it put us even more so on the global map right. uh, in terms of livability, in terms right. of the way people live, the way things are con uh, managed, the uh, availability of different options uh, in yeah. terms of residential, all the way from uh, 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 beautiful uh, places to live uh, on the beach, uh, um, in, in the city. So you get a flavor that suits everybody. But I think when the business um, investor thinks about it nowadays, and I see a lot of companies really caring about how their staff mm -hmm. uh, uh, live, um, how they work together, play together, uh, uh, live together, mm -hmm. um, and which makes them a lot happier and makes a business uh, run a lot smoother right so and much more successful much more successful um many companies visions and and uh, uh guiding principles um care about uh, uh their their staff and their employees and their uh, mental health all the way to their physical health and their livability so these are things that we really need to invest in more and more to really know about it and uh, what we've been doing in Russell Hema with bringing in uh, uh different types of apartments uh, residential units uh, more resorts uh we've we, we have so many uh, hotels and I think we're in the process of building another uh, 9,000 hotel keys over the next few years. We're redesigning the city. My colleagues in the real estate development um, are really uh, have livability as a top priority in their agenda. Absolutely. And I'm sure that uh, is a strong driver of attracting talent and ensuring that talent stays um, and of course is a key driving towards the success factor of those companies and those businesses that yeah. set up yeah. in Raqqa's. Um, Raqqa's as a free zone, industrial zone, um, is a player in a, in a larger ecosystem, a key player, but in a larger ecosystem in Ras al-Khaimah, but also across the UAE. Um, yeah. how, how do you see Raqqa's um, in the sense of the partnerships that it has? Um, how has that evolved over the last three, four years? I've personally seen an evolution um, in the ecosystem where partners across um, you know, government to um, to private sector are all working hand in hand, really, towards this economic um, drive that we have in the country. But how do you see it from your perspective with Raqqa's um, and Ras al-Khaimah? 
you know, we we are not an island on our own. Uh, definitely, um, uh, partnerships are crucial to everybody's success. I think we um, uh, have the best partners that uh, one can ever ask for um, in terms of um, all the way from our government federal authorities, such as the Ministry of Economy, the Ministry of Industry and Advanced Technology, all of the federal government agencies, such as the Customs Authorities, the Immigration, the the um, all of that. We all work together very closely with the same objectives uh, and the same uh, passion and drive to make sure that this, uh, the UAE is the number one destination for investment and businesses to thrive. And that's just one aspect of the UAE. So over the years, Rakis has been uh, uh, engaging with um, all of our government entities to uh, adopt and to contribute to some of the pillars that we're working on, such as make in the UAE uh, with the Ministry of Industry and Advanced Technology, bringing in more manufacturers in the high-tech space, next-gen FDI in terms of the IT space. Uh, we're working with you as a Emirates Development Bank, which has really been a key strength to FDI attraction. I mean, when investors who want to get into manufacturing have financing capability and options, such as working with your bank and development bank, Emirates Development Bank, and, and offering that options to investors, it really strengthens the sentiment for investors that want to come in from outside and the local investors as well who want to expand their businesses. Expansion is a key a uh, uh, component of what we're doing in Iraq is we've got uh, more than 900 manufacturers uh, from burrata cheese all the way to uh, automotive components. So uh, they expand, the markets are expanding, everybody needs a, f a financial uh, bit of support. So working with strong banks supported by the government is uh, crucial to, 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 to our success as well. And that's how we participate. And not only that, I think we also work, we have dedicated resource that works with our multipliers, our embassies, our commercial attaches from different countries uh, in terms of strengthening our relationship and, and exposing our brand and our services globally and worldwide. Fantastic. Um, you touched on a few of the uh, companies that have set up in Raqqa's um, and some of those sectors. What, what are you seeing uh, in the sense of the sectors that are really being set up currently in Raqqa's and in the UAE in general? Um, again, uh, we all lived through COVID. I think um, that really was a major catalyst and a Kickstarter for uh, uh, the uh, life sciences um, and putting that on the priority. Um, all the way, and also lifestyle goods. So I see a lot of uh, uh, e-commerce as well has uh, uh, mushroomed and, and, and really exponentially grown in the country. Um, and it's not only just talking about e-commerce, it's talking about the entire value chain and supply chain that comes with it, from logistics to last mile delivery to warehousing. Um, F&B is um, growing in a, in a in a very rapid way. And food security, uh, food security is on the agenda, as you as you rightly said. So F and B, um, uh, consumer goods, are are uh, all of those uh, sectors. Um, then sectors that support those sectors are like packaging, uh, um, industrial equipment, uh, storage. Uh, uh, we've got a big automotive cluster, a big chemical 
cluster. We have clusters from about nearly 50 different types of industrial clusters mm -hmm. that exist in Rakhis, uh, let alone the SMEs and the supply chain and the value chain and the vendors and the suppliers who, who revolve around all of those industries to really um, conduct trade and trade with other Emirates. You know, myself, my colleagues and other free zones and economic zones around the Emirates always collaborate and communicate if something doesn't really set, uh, fit well in one emirate or another. We talk to each other to send them clients, to send them other types of businesses that would better fit in one place or another to really create that marketplace in the UAE. That being said, I'm sure just like with any uh, progression and evolution, there's challenges that, that we face. Uh, there was the challenges that you obviously mentioned during COVID, uh, which were handled beautifully. And uh, I think the UAE definitely was one of the um, countries in the world that gained uh, momentum post-COVID. Uh, As Rakhis, what have you seen with regards to the challenges, whether it's to attract businesses or for the businesses to set up in the country? And what are you doing in order to tackle those challenges? Um, I think the challenges sometimes are good things to have mm -hmm. because it actually puts you in a uh, on a drive and momentum to really uh, mitigate those challenges and put in those solutions. Um, maybe it's a good challenge to have, but we're not building fast enough. Right. You know, it's, that's a good challenge. Right, right. But you know the- So a lot of demand. A lot of demand. Right. Um, and you need to meet that, but the, the time to time get frames, that done. Time right, frames, um, right. demand to build our industrial zones, mm -hmm. um, uh, many of the uh, vertical uh, real estate assets, such as warehousing, um, mm -hmm. uh, built to suit, um, co commercial offices. Uh, we, we forecast, and definitely this is uh, something, but I think we, we that's a challenge that we are dealing with a lot, and that's really as a result of a good thing to have, uh, high demand, and right. showing really the resilience and the strength of the economy. Right. Um, again, in line, the, it's not only the economic zones that need to build uh, facilities for their customers, but what comes in as the livability aspect. What comes in as the uh, we're, we're uh, for example, you know, when you have an industrial zone and when you're attracting companies, whether they're uh, mega corporates or ma uh, or um, industrial companies, they, they have employees, they have staff, they have children, they need schools, they need medical facilities. So all of that is really great. Uh, uh, for us and what we're building and what we're uh, doing right now as we speak. Mm -hmm. We have um, a lot of uh, uh, development programs. Uh, we're building new 40,000 square meters of warehousing. Uh, we sold out last uh, year on a, the, our last 40,000 uh, square mm -hmm. meters of warehousing. We're building a blue collar accommodation to satisfy all of the development and all of the workers that come. Um, state of the art, sustainable uh, um, facilities. Uh, we are building, we're adding um, another um, 5 million square meters of industrial land mm -hmm. uh, right now as we speak to cater to our um, manufacturing companies that come to build their own facilities. And we're building new business centers. We're building new commercial office space. So you can see that that's really right. a, a big part of my uh, uh, day job to right, make sure right. that these, uh, real, uh, these assets are developed on time of course. Um, in the best way, um, sustainable. Uh, um, and uh, um, other challenges, I think, is that, um, you know, uh, I would say it was an older challenge where we've learned how to promote our brand. Mm -hmm. But it's not only the brand that we're promoting. We have to promote what services, facilities, 
value added services and what the brand delivers and its and its brand promise mm-hmm. to our clients so we're getting a lot better at that in terms of promoting uh, the UAE Russell Khaimah globally uh, internationally um, and um, during covid we had to uh, shrink that uh, because we couldn't travel as much but now we're back into fifth gear and uh, it's all positive and uphill for us that's great you touched on sustainability Um, and this being the year of uh, sustainability for the country, COP28 being hosted here in the UAE, um, renewables is obviously on everybody's mind, tip of the tongue. Um, what is Rock is doing in order to uh, support and move in the direction of sustainability and maybe some initiatives that are happening alongside COP28? Um, How is Rock is positioning itself and, and what initiatives are, are being put forth uh, to be in line with the year of sustainability? COP28, sustainability is a top on our agenda. Mm-hmm. Our leadership have um, uh, advised that this is a key strategic uh, uh, focus uh, for us in Ras Al-Khaimah in line with the rest of the UAE. Um, actually, it's so funny. I was just in a meeting before I came here on, on COP28 and our participation. Right. Uh, RAC is, has many companies, many manufacturers who are working to top standards, international standards in terms of their uh, sustainability programs within their manufacturing processes or within their businesses. Um, us ourselves are looking at um, uh, how we um, build our ecosystem with uh, uh, all sustainable materials. So we've got our Barjil program by the Dubai, by the uh, Ras Al-Khaimah municipality that uh, encourages uh, uh, real estate development with sustainable material. So we've got where uh, Rakiz is a leader in terms of energy efficiency, in terms of the government entities as well. We started out by a pilot program where we're saving more than four or five million dirhams a year in electricity bills and are using the sustainable uh, uh, and renewables uh, that we are putting in terms of energy and water efficiency. Um, we are encouraging, uh, we are, we've got um, uh, a working committee for COP28 that's looking into even how our schools and universities will participate in sustainability. Uh, we have recycling programs uh, all across our industrial zones, which are led by our uh, public works department uh, that uh, recycles all of the materials that goes back into um, our, um, whether it is a, a power generation. Um, we've got uh, our companies now with our HSE programs, putting in more measures for um, how our manufacturers um, reuse their goods and we give incentive programs as well uh, for companies that can prove and show what are their sustainability drives in their line of business. We have um, obviously uh, the energy efficiency. Uh, We are focusing also on attracting new FDI that is really in that space, whether it's EV, whether it is um, solar, whether it is um, power storage and also allowing our customers to put in alternative energy sources rather than just power generation from electricity through solar um, on their own facilities. So there are many initiatives that we've, we've, we're involved in. So the companies now are capable of installing solar onto their uh, factories? Or Some of them, them do, yes, they are, if they want Fantastic. to use it for their own own use, own use. 
own use. Okay. So, and many of them have opted. Obviously, the new ones, we have some companies that are doing, for example, computer recycling. Right. Uh, one of the largest companies in the world that brings in computers, laptops from all over the world, recycles them and gives them to NGOs. It's an English company from the UK. Mm-hmm. They're, um, uh, they're using a lot of solar panels to generate that power uh, requirement that they need in their uh, in their factories. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mr. Rami Jalad, for joining us today. Thank you for joining Economic Impact Conversations with Emirates Development Bank. Thank you. Thank you. It's been really a pleasure to be here. And thank you for allowing me to give you a little snippet of what we do in Ras Al Khaimah and with Rakes. Pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Economic Impact. Conversations from Emirates Development Bank.